You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello to everybody out there, wherever you're listening from today. Um, It's always a joy that you've chosen to tune in. So thank you for doing that. Today, we are going to be covering the topic of Melchizedek. And this comes directly out of the readings that we do as a community, as a church at Arvin Assembly of God. And by the way, if you're if you're listening or tuning in and you're not reading the Bible in community, um, I want to invite you to do so with us. We um, do very short readings. We're, we're coming into the end of the year. Um, reach out to me and I'll send you a link and you can read right along with us and kind of understand why we're doing what we're doing, especially on this podcast. So our reading for today is Hebrews chapter 7, verses 1 through 19. And I've been saying this just about every episode. I'm trying to, and this is this is hard for me. <laughs> this is hard. I'm trying to keep it simple. And um, so what I'm going to do is we're going to, I'm going to read just a little bit and then I'll talk about it. So I want to exhort those of you at home. I'm assuming you've you've read Hebrews 7, 1 through 19. Um, if you haven't, pause, listen to it, do whatever you got to do, okay? So um, with that in mind, let's just go right into it. Uh, chapter 7, verse 1. It says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Now that's a big, long sentence. Um, I want to give a couple introductory remarks. Um, is I want to acknowledge first and foremost that Melchizedek is um, sometimes a topic that can go way, way, way overboard. And you're like, well, what do you mean? Well, it's because there are different opinions out there. Number one, first part of the debate is who was Melchizedek? Um, the, uh, we, have to, we have to understand the Bible says very little about him. There's only a couple of references. We've got like Genesis, uh, I think it's 14, and then Psalm 110. So we don't know a whole lot about him. And it's always best that if the Bible is silent about something, that there's a reason for that. So with that in mind, um, who do people say Melchizedek is? Well, one of two. Either he was a pre-incarnate figure of Christ himself. We call that a Christophany, an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Or he, there are some Jewish legends that he... Um, like was Abraham's brother's barren wife that gave birth to a son, was taken into heaven, and then came and served as a priest. Um, There's some others that it could have been Shem, one of Noah's sons. Um, Here's the the bottom line. Ultimately, we don't know. So you would say, well, pastor, what's your opinion? Well, my opinion, I've actually studied this out a lot. Um, I can go oscillate between both. Could it be Jesus in the Old Testament? Definitely could be. Um, But what I'm more certain about is that he was a type of Christ. And so what oftentimes people will do is they will bring up verse 3 of chapter 7, and they'll say, well, see, he doesn't have a genealogy. 
he was without father and without mother and and all of that. Well, first of all, they're, they're, I'm going to tell you the reason why I think the author is saying this, because this is information. Like, they're like, hey, he's not in a genealogy. Um, so what's the reason of Hebrews, right? Um, the, the author is writing to a people that are in danger of departing the faith. Like, they're in danger of, of abandoning the person of Jesus Christ. And this is much different, folks, than just backsliding. Okay, think about backsliding. We would say, ah, this person's not in church anymore, or maybe, maybe they're just out living in adultery, living in sin, what, whatever. Take your take your own vice. Like we we would say, this person's backsliding. No, no, no. This is much different. This is this is a willful rejection of the offer of grace, mercy, and forgiveness of from what Jesus has done. They're just saying, I don't believe it. And what are they going to go back to? Well, they're going to go back to Judaism, what we would call the Old Covenant. Now, the intention of the Old Covenant was to amplify sin and to show the need of a Savior. Well, guess what? The Savior came in the person of Jesus Christ. And so he ended that portion of the covenant, and now we're in a new covenant where we're saved by grace through faith. Um, We're to lay down our lives and have total allegiance and obedience to Jesus, right? Um, these folks are in danger of saying, ah, I don't know if I believe that. I think I'm going to go back to Judaism. And so in Judaism, um, the high priest um, could only be from one tribe. And hopefully you know that tribe. It's the tribe of Levi, right? You, you could only be a priest from there. And then out of the tribe of Levi, there would only be one high priest that would come in and the role of the priest was to represent the, the people to God. So he would make a sacrifice on behalf of the people. So the Day of Atonement was a very, very big deal. It started from Rosh Hashanah, which we would call like the Jewish New Year. And then you would have a period of 10 days of just repentance. And then on the Day of Atonement, you would fast 24 hours. It's actually called a dry fast, no food and no water so that you could grieve the reality of your condition. And then the priest would make that atonement. And guess what? That atonement didn't even satisfy um, God's sin. It only postponed it. It was a forbearance. Why? It would look to the time that God himself would atone for sins. Now, they didn't, they didn't have an idea of what that would look like, obviously. They just knew that there was a promise that God said he was going to have a solution once and for all for sins. And that was demonstrated on the cross. That was Jesus. And this is what the author's preaching. He's preaching Jesus. He's preaching the superiority of Jesus to any other system. He's showing that the system is done and passed away. So, again, I'm spending some time setting this up because you have to keep the first things first. So the genealogy of the priest, the one that represented you, would be very important. You couldn't have somebody from the tribe of Judah functioning as a priest. That just wasn't possible. So the author is reminding the folks about, hey, remember Melchizedek? He was a priest to the Most High God. And by the way, Abraham paid tithe to him. And by the way, this was before the law was instituted. So this is the reason that the author is setting it up the way that he's setting it up. Um, 
even in the first century, there were varying thoughts as to who Melchizedek was. If you want some fascinating background on Melchizedek, there's an article in the Lexham Bible Dictionary. I can, I, in fact, what I'll do is I'll create a link. I will help resource you with that. Um, you all have access to it. You're like, really, come on, Pastor. You want me to read a Bible Dictionary entry? Hey, it's good stuff. If you're interested, you will. If you're not, hey, no big deal. Um, but it, it, it will show you the complicated and messy situation, especially in the first century. I mean, Jews, uh, Pharisaical system had their thoughts about who, who Melchizedek was. Um, even Josephus, the first century historian, he wrote, uh, he didn't write like opinions, just it was a matter of fact, like, oh, Melchizedek, yeah, king of Salem, that was Jerusalem. Um, we also have the, the folks from the Qumran community, the scenes, those wild men out in the desert. Um, there was a fragment of a scroll that was found in Qumran called the Melchizedek Scroll. Super fascinating as well. You can read a little bit about that. You can even read um, what some of the early, what we would call church fathers. Now, sometimes people get a little uh, weird about that. What, what do you mean about church fathers? Are you talking Catholic? No, no, no. Church fathers, people like um, like Justin the Martyr, uh, um, people like Clement of, of, of Rome. There was various different writers that actually wrote. Um, there was a man named Tertullian. He he writes um, some things about Melchizedek. So, again, I will link that um, article into a Faith Life post along, along with this podcast as well. So um, we need to appreciate the complexity behind Melchizedek, but then also reduce it down to simplicity because this is the reason that the author is evoking Melchizedek as a type. So we can say beyond the shadow of a doubt that Melchizedek was a type of Christ. Without, without genealogy, that means that his genealogy, it, it didn't matter. He wasn't, you didn't have to qualify into this priesthood. And then, by the way, God promised David in Psalm 110, he's like, you you will be a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So here's a super hint for you at home. If you're, and again, I want to help you study, you should go and read all of Hebrews, I mean, all of Psalm 110. Go go read it and then ask yourself, what, what type of psalm is this? And what you're going to find out, it's a prophetic psalm about the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ, and it's apocalyptic. You're like, what do you mean apocalyptic? It's talking about the second coming. It's talking about when Jesus comes back with a sword in his hand and fire in his eyes. I mean, when he's on that white horse, he's going to come execute judgment. That's what it's talking about in Psalm 110. It's, it's fascinating. So please, please study study that out. And by the way, we've got Bible study, right? What a what a great time to be able to talk about this. So to just boil this down, to condense this down, almost sometimes, in another word, we'd say demystify just a little bit Melchizedek. Could it have been a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ? Absolutely, it could have been. Um, but ultimately, we don't know. And guess what? I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I am totally comfortable with that, and I'm comfortable with not knowing. And again, I think that the best way to look at it is he's a type of Christ. Very well could have been Jesus. Now, there's other parts in the Old Testament, since we're on that topic, um, 
where, yeah, it is Jesus. Like, for instance, uh, the angel wrestling with Jacob all night. Who was that? That was Jesus. You're like, well, that was the angel of the Lord. I'm not saying Jesus is an angel, but he can he can appear as an angel. I mean, same thing like in the book of Daniel. Who was the fourth man in the in the fiery furnace? It was Jesus. How about when Joshua went to go spy out the land, and he's up on that hill, crouched down like, you know, and I picture him, I don't think he had binoculars, but he's looking and he's spying it out. And then all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared. And what did Joshua do? He went down and he worshiped. That was Jesus. So it, it, it's okay if we say Melchizedek is Jesus. I just, I don't know for sure like some of these other instances. I hope that makes sense to you. So um, again, keep the, keep the main thing the main thing. What's the context of Hebrews? What have we been reading? Because we have been reading systematically. I hope you've been reading every day because there's great value in that. And looking at the overall context, so the author is just essentially telling them, "Look, you're 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 in danger of going to an inferior system. This is what you came out of. That no longer works. This Jesus is far far greater to that priesthood, and in that priesthood, it was a man that represented you to God, and that man was flawed." Like that man had to make atonement for his own sins through sacrifice. But Jesus, oh, he's way, way better. He was the sinless, spotless lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That's who we depend upon. That's who we rely upon. But you want to go back to that? Let me tell you something. That's This is what Hebrews is doing. That's why he's talking about Melchizedek, because one of the arguments will go, well, we need the priesthood. I need that man from the tribe from the tribe of Levi. I need to go and have him talk to God for me. No, you don't. You don't. Why? Because Jesus, now we can boldly come through the, gro- the throne of grace, right? Jesus has broken down the wall of separation between me and God and between ethnicities. So this is this is really what it's what it's all about. And then he's going to show how superior in fact the priesthood was even though it is somewhat of a mystery. Um he's going to show that because he's going to say, "Hey, well, you know, um Abraham paid tithe to Melchizedek and theoretically, like if we take this to its logical conclusion, technically speaking, the tribe of Levi was paying tithes because they're sons of Abraham. I just love it. It, it really is a, a really, really beautiful. So if you go down and 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 just read it, hopefully let that sink in. A um, couple other side notes. So I've recommended for you the Lexham Bible Dictionary. Um, I'll also I'll post I'll post a video which is on CBN. I'm trying to remember when I went to Israel. I think it was three years ago, but it might have been four. Um, don't ask me, ask my wife. That's what I always say. Um, but when we were there, we were in the city of David. And the city of David, it's not a separate city. It's in Jerusalem. But it's um, uh, the city of Jerusalem's got the, it's a big city, but old Jerusalem's got the walls around it. And just below it is the city of David. And their, uh, our tour guide really kind of blew my mind because he said that they recently found through excavations, archaeological evidence for um, the temple 
of Melchizedek. And my eyes got big and I'm like, what? Like the implications of that is is huge. Like, what do you mean Melchizedek had yeah, like, yeah, he we we found the dimensions, they almost seem identical to the tabernacle. These these date to the uh patri or, or patriarchal period. That's you know, the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It all fits the 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 dating, the dimensions. And then he said there was even the dimensions like for an inner sanctuary, for like an altar and a space for, get this, um, the ark, an ark of the covenant. Now, I don't think it was the ark that we know about, you know, the one that we don't know where it is. And Indiana Jones had to make some movies about it. <laughs> Can you believe I'm, I don't think I've ever made it through the all the Indiana Jones. I've seen bits and pieces. But anyway, uh, I don't want to get sidetracked. Um so when he was telling us this, I'm like, whoa, this is huge. So yeah, it's it's in fact true. It's going to take them probably many more years, I'm guessing, to fully um, realize that land because it's um, Jerusalem, it's layer upon layer upon layer. So um, the further down you dig, the more you find. So just some fascinating um, um, stuff. Um, so Today's Bible study, and I'm uh, looking forward to having a good time. If you had to ask me, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go from Hebrews chapter one and cover all the way through 19, which is impossible, right? Um, but I'm gonna let the good folks that attend be in the driver's seat and talk about whatever they want to talk about, ask whatever they want to ask. Um, and how much do you want to bet we'll probably end up talking about Melchizedek? So I'm okay with that. It's a good topic. Whatever it is that interests you and gets you into God's word is uh, a-okay in my book. So, hey, thank you so, so much um, for tuning in. Really, it uh, I value that a lot. And uh, if you have anything, please feel free to reach out. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify, also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.